Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Rob Center is in place. He's there. On the other side of the glass, he's where he needs to be. And that's all we ever ask. On the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can email us while our guest is speaking at onthemark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. And we'll open up the toll-free line at as our morning progresses. It's 8.33 in the morning, and we're going to go to the phone line because we've asked for and received a call from Susan Mathias, the CEO of Transitions of Pennsylvania. Good morning, Susan. Thanks for calling in today. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I do appreciate you checking in Transitions of Pennsylvania. I think of it as based in Lewisburg, but serving our region, wide-range, comprehensive uh, family, uh, women's and men's uh, services available there, education in the schools and outreach and information, a great website, a shelter that's uh, there, and I'm probably only getting a glimpse of uh, what Transitions of Pennsylvania does. And I appreciate your calling, too, Susan. Hi, Joe. How Thanks. you doing? Mark never mentions me. He's always glad you're called, but I'm glad too because we have a hot topic for you, and that's mm-hmm. PFAs. Can we? Can you jump into that for us and tell us, from your perspective and the perspective of your org, of your organization, are they effective? Are they worthwhile? Do they need to be changed? And if so, how? Yeah, I appreciate that, Joe. I uh, I listened in on your program on Monday, and you know you started off with a, a comment that kind of. Uh, bothered me a little bit. You said that PFAs are the, one of the cruelest jokes that men play on women, and and I that was I just want to set the record straight that PFAs are a, an important tool um, in maintaining uh, peace in the valley. So we do rely on them. You know, transitions last year alone um, assisted with 203 PFAs. Uh, so. Uh, you know, they do work. They do need work. And I've really thought, you know, after about a 30-year program, you really started into how we could make improvements. And that's where we really want to focus and look at what happened in this incident and see how we can change the system to work better for victims and families. How would you do that? Well, you know, your, your idea, your, your comment about the seizing of weapons, you know, last year uh, we implemented, we and it, I have to thank Senator Gordner because he was essential in it, that um, passed the Act 79 that requires the relinquishment of weapons um, in PF, when PFAs are ordered by the courts and within 24 hours and to law enforcement or attorneys or uh, licensed gun dealers. And um, that's been a huge improvement. So we've been working continuously to find ways to make PFA stronger. But everybody that's involved, from the sheriff to uh, the uh, police jurisdiction that's enforcing the order, 
all have to do their parts. So, um, you know, it's really important to have properly trained police and, um, and, uh, and for the community to understand that we've got 24-7, we've got trained domestic violence and sexual assault counselors on the line that can help people make sure that they're safe in their relationships. What is the most vexing and frustrating aspect of this? You said you had 200-some uh, PFAs that you were able to assist with, which means there were others which you know, were able to be rendered without uh, the aid of transitions of P- PFAs. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's most frustrating about this? Just that volume or maybe uh, you know this rare instance where the PFA is basically ignored? Well, it's frustrating that... Um, I think Joe used the term that's just a piece of paper, and I think it was brought up by Bob Buner. I listened to your program yesterday as well, um, and and it's uh, it is a piece of paper, but it's a whole lot more as far as having a, a whole community behind people when they when they go to the courts and say, "I need um, help to be safe." Um, and what's vexing to me is, well, obviously. Uh, that relationships are so tumultuous is is the, my ultimate vexation. But um, I I think there are times when when law enforcement doesn't take them seriously. Um, you know, it's domestic violence is a really tough issue, and it probably I think it is the most one of the most dangerous times for law enforcement when they respond to domestic disturbances. But each one needs to be taken seriously because um, you know when people try to leave relationships and they're abusive, it's the most dangerous time. That's why we have our two safe houses, um, because there are times where we really have to make sure that people are not available. Um, and PFAs are supposed to provide that, but technology is probably a really big vexation. Like, you know, we were going, well, what's this GPS thing? And, you know, and for a, a person to have to look under their car every time they get in it to, and all feel around to see if, if there's a GPS that's been placed on it is, uh, is pretty uh, onerous and difficult. So uh, the technology makes it, in our field, um, a, a real instrument for, for uh, continuing abuse and problems in the community. I love, you know, everybody loves, he- loves technology, but we hate technology. We love it. We hate it. We love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> Well, Susan, what percentage of PFAs are violated? Oh wow, there's a that, I I don't I don't have that, but I will get that answer. Um, that's a I it's I would just be shooting from the hip on that. Um, you know, the thing is that when they're violated, uh, victims or uh, people that are being abused that have the PFA need to be contacting law enforcement because law enforcement, it's at that point that the PFA, um, that a crime gets committed. You know, we don't have a crime of domestic violence in this state. That's one thing that I've been advocating with PCADV that we need. Um, we don't have a statute that, against domestic violence? No, we don't. Well, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> we, you can only be charged with simple assault and, and aggravated assault. You can be a char- you know, charged for the physical elements of it, but uh, people are increasingly understanding all of the, the whole spectrum of domestic violence and the ranges of behavior that 
that they um, involve, but we don't have a statute against it, and, and I think there are 38 states that do. So that's, you know, improved legislation is important. You know, PFAs are um, have really evolved over time. Pete Mackey, who for 42 years was um, the attorney at North Penn Legal Services, probably did more than anybody else in the state to advance and strengthen PFAs. He was a wonderful man. Um, and, um, you know, the strengthening, the the relinquishment of weapons, I mean, it was until last year that people had uh, 30 days to turn over their weapons, and they could turn them over to their family members. So, you know, we've treated domestic violence too lightly, um, and it's there are uh, too many people dying, um, and we are tracking that information. <laughs> I asked Bob Buner yesterday on the program about whether or not uh, getting a PFA was an automatic grant of a search warrant for uh, police to go to the victim, to the person's home who issued the threat and search, and apparently it isn't. No, should it, it's not. Should, should it be? Should that be concurrent? I, I, I think that would be an excellent improvement, and I appreciate that you have suggested that in, on Monday. That was a. Uh, I agree. It, it, and the police need to go physically to serve um, a PFA. Um, and that doesn't always happen. Yeah, I don't so, think you should call and say, pick up your PFA down here tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. It seems to me that, you know, if you've got a PFA against you, law enforcement ought to be a little bit more aggressive in making sure you're aware of it and the, the seriousness of it. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I completely agree with you. And, I would, uh, you know, uh, Josh Funk, who is the general counsel for Senator Gordner, he used to work for North Penn Legal Services and, and uh, was doing PFAs in the hallways of Northumberland County Courthouse. So, you know, we have some strong people who can help us strengthen the laws. And uh, I, I like that suggestion. And, uh, you know, the, the, the gun lobby fights pretty heavily against any kind of restrictions. So we have to, we have to fight that fight all the time. Whenever we get this kind of a tragedy, we always kind of have our uh, methodical discussion and sequential discussion about changes in gun laws, and uh, sometimes we'll include in that uh, a discussion about PFAs. But uh, I, I think we don't capture the human uh, tragic, uh, horrible drama that takes place every day for other women. This idea of and mostly women, but some men too, uh, living in fear. This idea that uh, real violence could be imposed on them at any time and that uh, they're expected and, and probably have to go on with some sort of a normal life, but with this in the background. Help me finish mm -hmm. painting that picture of this uh, real tragedy that exists uh, every minute for people who are frightened. That's right. Um, I appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, there's a one in five people are experienced domestic violence um, through the research, and you know, and, and we see that we know that a lot of people are not reaching out to our counselors and our program for help. Um, last year, we served over three thousand clients, um, and we provided nine thousand over nine thousand hours of counseling. Uh, we have a really wonderful enhancement of our services. It used to be that people would go into our emergency housing, um, but then it was so frustrating. So often they returned to abuse because they didn't have any um, option. Now we have, uh, with recognition on the part of the 
uh, federal government that domestic violence is the leading cause of homelessness for women in America. We now get HUD funding and are providing housing assistance for about four or five months to um, domestic violence victims to get them um, on a positive path so they have time to get a job. And a lot of times they've even lost their identity papers, so we have to get them their you know their identity back um so it's a while getting people back on their feet and and so we provide services and support people for uh, that period of time and transitions has been doing this for 45 years in the valley um so it's uh we started around a kitchen table in sunbury i like to say because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the truth <laughs> um but you know we, we're in the schools prevention education is really critical we don't get so enough support for prevention education we're doing a really good program that's been interrupted to some extent by the covid epidemic but we're what's called the sunbury cares project where we have a full um range from of education programming for administrations um, for violence prevention and um, we're hoping to have something that really shows that our prevention program that we've been doing for so long gets good results because we really need this we need to make sure it's happening in the schools I guess one of the companion questions that I might ask is, you know, and you hear this argument from men many times, well, I, I didn't do anything, she just did this to get an advantage of in custody hearings or in our divorce or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems to me that one of the things that should be required of both parties is some kind of a psychological evaluation fairly early on just to make certain, and I, I would suspect that a trained psychologist would be able to determine to some degree of accuracy whether or not a person has homicidal tendencies or was is likely to act on the threats that he or she issues it's an interesting question whether or not a psychologist could get at that you know what there's such a dearth or lack of, of uh, mental health services in this community um, that being able to pull that off would be quite a feat it, I, I like that idea um, but the funding that we have for counseling is is uh, is not strong you know we've got a waiting list for our counselors especially with what we found now with the doors opening now a bit off of the pandemic where our counselors are way overloaded with calls for people that need professional therapeutic counseling so you know we don't have to be able to, we need the funds to pull that off you know transitions is a nonprofit organization uh, we rely on state and federal funding, but we do have to have funds from the community as well. Well, the other the other element, Susan, is the time delay in this particular case. And I know you don't want to comment on specifics, but there was a fairly lengthy period of time between the time the PFA was sought and the time a hearing was scheduled on it. You mm-hmm. know, can we can we ask the courts to at least take it seriously enough to shorten that time up? Again, you know, what can the courts handle? It's a lot to pull off. You know. Um, given the number of of cases that come in and have to be heard in the in the courts uh we have to schedule those and get get that working i think that that would um you know it's a temporary order get we have emergency pfas so that in the night hours or when there's no court available no justice available that we can get you know, people separated and, and no contact orders issued on a temporary basis. And then a, then we have a temporary hearing. And then, like you say, a week to a week or beyond that for a form of formal hearing. But 
you know, we have to get attorneys lined up. Um, North Penn Legal Services represent, represents our clients in PSA hearings. So, um, you know, there is some preparation that has to happen. And I, I, I would like to accelerate it, but it has to be enough time because people do have um, lives to manage. They're working and, and all of that. So it's a lot of mechanics to it. Well, it seems to me the aftermath of something like this tragedy would take a lot more of the court's time over a few months than, you know, trying to schedule a hearing in an expedited manner. But that's just Wow, me. that's very articulate and well said. <laughs> Holy smokes, he hit another yeah. home run. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, that first sentence you made about, uh, you, you, uh, you just set me off, you always do, Joe, in the first sentence. Then, then I, then you, you're completely with us, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Joe's wokening, as we like to say around here. So we, <laughs> no, I'm still pretty much asleep on some issues, okay. Mark. <laughs> um, let me ask you this: How much is it our society that? I mean, I, I don't know what bubbles up in men that allows this rage to emerge in the first place. But is it is it a societal issue? You know, we sometimes talk about the Black Lives Matter and the race topic. That you know, race issues are steeped into our society and as sort of a human issue. Uh, is violence a human issue? Is uh, Does our society in some way nurture violence? Yes. I would say that our culture nurtures violence. I mean, uh, through media and um, through parental training, absolutely, it's part of our culture. Um, power and control is, is part of the basic human um, psyche, I think. I mean, Confucius abused his <laughs> his family members, so you know, it's been going on for a really, really long time. Um, and we have made strides. I mean, it really wasn't until the 50s that uh, in a North Carolina ruling where they talked about pulling the blinds back, uh, the curtains back on domestic violence where it, there was even any, any permission to look at what was going on in the homes. Um, so, it's uh, violence. What are we going to do about violence? I can, I, you know, being able to make a gun is at a polymer with a 3D equipment is mind-boggling. But obviously, it's if you're motivated, you can get the tools to do what you are set out to do. Uh, yeah, and uh, something happens in men that turns this rage into action. I, I can see somebody getting super angry, but to, to turn it on someone else, that's uh, something we'll have to study at a later date. Well, well I worry about I worry about the, the reaction being here is that, okay, I need to I need to get my own gun to be able to take into a restaurant so if I see if this happening, I'm going <laughs> to be able to handle it. And, and that, that worries me. I mean, people well, sure. need to be properly trained to use weapons um, and there's a lot of research that indicates more people get hurt if they aren't properly trained. Well, and maybe more people will get trained. You know, we know that uh, we did talk about this briefly Monday, this idea that there are some individuals who do training around here and oh, that yeah. there's virtual training available. You don't necessarily need a real gun or a, uh, uh, a live fire scenario. You can do so with a video screen these days and very, wow. you know, <laughs> pretty pretty realistic stuff. So... Well, I will open up the mic to you. Anything, there's so much to cover on this and really so much depth to all of these topics and uh, the issues, uh, uh, the, you know, the questions don't have short answers in many cases. But uh, we'll give you an open mic to elaborate on anything we have talked about or maybe bring up something important that we haven't asked about. 
Oh, well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I, um, well, I mainly want people to know the breadth of our services. We serve um, in people in Union, Snyder, Northumberland County, and um, that's, you know, we have our we have two safe houses we operate. We have fully trained. We have 42 fully trained um, advocates now. When back when I started, and it was not because of me. It has to do with funding and and recognition of the needs for victim services. But we've gone from 13 employees to 42 providing services in these three counties, um, and that it goes. If we I like to, it's hard to understand what we do. You did a really nice job of su- summarizing it, but safety, education, and advocacy uh, are a good way to kind of capture what we do. You know, in forms of safety, we have our 24-hour hotline that we have people there to answer, and the number, if, if you need it, is 800-850-7948, and if you go to transitionsofpa.org, um, our website, you can get more information about what we do, but we have our um, counseling, we offer groups. And in addition, with education, we're in the schools, we're in the community, um, and our advocacy is really critical. You know, we're finding an increase in sexual assaults uh, recently, um, so our sexual assault nurse examiner program at Evangelical Hospital, which was the first in the state, does an excellent job, uh, and we're there with victims through that process. We're called every time. So... Um, and we're and we're advocating for legislation. So I'm going to get Joe to come down with me to the to the Capitol um, to improve our legislation to, to um, protect our victims because he's he's got it all figured out. I like it. I like the ideas of a warrant. <laughs> he has. There's a lot of potential in Joe that we're really only now realizing. He's almost 80 years old, but I'll tell you what, we're turning him around. I am so. not almost 80. <laughs> so, well. <laughs> Thank you so much for all the information. That toll-free line again, uh, the toll-free hotline, 1-800-850-7948. So we want to make sure that uh, everybody uh, hears that again, and transitionsofpa.org. Thank you so much, Susan. Susan. We appreciate the help and the information. Uh, Don't don't wait to hear unanswered questions on our show to call in again. Just check in from time to time and keep us up to date. uh, I sure will. Mark, thanks so much for all your help, and thanks Thanks to you, Joe, for for um, keeping us thinking. <laughs> okay, Susan Mathias, CEO of uh, Transitions of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, talking to us uh, today. We will take a quick break. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Very thoughtful letter there, Joe, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Lisa says, good morning. When I turned into On the Mark on Monday, it wasn't very long into the broadcast that I had to turn it off because the subject matter was too painful for me. It is fair to say that when something is as horrific as a domestic violence-related murder happens in our community, that listeners want to know about it. It's important to keep in mind the families of the victims and other gun violence survivors in our own community that are forever changed by such a tragedy. We are a nation of laws, and we depend on those laws to keep us safe, but protection from abuse orders falls short. This is not a gun issue. It is about safety and the rights of Pennsylvanians to feel safe. When you are frightened, threatened, and in fear of your life, and this is your lifeline, it is a false security. If anyone feels they need to debate my point, I will hear you, attempt to understand and respect your opinion. With that, I will add that unless you have been affected by gun violence, whether it be a murder or suicide, you can never understand the families of both the victims and the perpetrators who are granted a life sentence. May God comfort those that mourn uh, those lost to domestic violence and gun vi- domestic-related gun violence, and signed in kindness and peace. Yeah, really thoughtful letter. Well, and I I think uh, it, to to a certain extent Monday we did attempt to seek family and friends to call to help personalize this and to not turn it into an either a law or a PFA or a police discussion. But, but uh, that's what it should be, because well, on most a personal people, level, the tragedy well, yeah, is let me, overwhelming. Let me finish. Okay. I, just, I just want to tell our audience that uh, to that end, after invitations, we had no takers uh, for some of the people who had spoken up and family members uh, that just very graciously declined to talk publicly about that. So that leaves us with uh, Joe's very good and my typically foundering opportunity to try to describe the just the horrific ripple effects that went across our valley when this happened but that's only a few sentences heartfelt as they might have been then we had to move on to other topics about which we had some expertise and interest and callers have some interest so Uh, That's why I think you probably heard right away we started talking about guns or police and investigations. But to be continued, especially after the news, this is WKOK Sunday. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Rob Center is here on the Mark Sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Let's talk about them in greater details. We would like you to visit sunburymotors.com to see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. You can select your perfect vehicle and purchase it online right from your home and be a great opportunity for you to get a great deal and to be super served by the Sunbury Motor Company. And they would just uh, love to take good care of you in that manner. The Sunbury 
Tyler Motor Company. It is an opportunity for you to get a great deal on either a Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln in their new car areas. Or you could check out the thousands of pre-owned vehicles that are literally in perfect condition, have had a 200-point check, and have been uh, either repaired or fixed or lined up and ready to go. Uh, but I tell you what, they got every vehicle there, and there's no dogs on the lot. Let's just be uh, clear about that. All of these vehicles are a number one. Nope, I'm sorry, none of those over there. Why, why do they call it a bad car, a dog, when dogs are wonderful? Dogs are loyal, loving. I mean, <laughs> they should call them cats. <laughs> All right. There are a few. There's no cats on the lot. Sneaky and evil, right? <laughs> right. If you go there and you see paw prints on the hood, you know you're at the wrong place. So sunburymotors.com, the place to find out about how you can be super served by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can build a Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln to your precise specification. You can do what I did. Uh, pick out a vehicle that doesn't even exist. That's a Ranger Raptor with a lift kit already on it. Six-foot bed, sliding rear window that's electric and a sunroof. And two rows of seats, matte black with novelty tires. And uh, hey, and guess what? The Bronco's coming out too. So we would invite you to make sure that you get a chance to uh, check out the Ford Bronco. That is uh, all revamped. And boy, it just looks super. I can't wait to drive one of those too. Uh, we have a toll-free line right now, one 800 795 We have open phones. We talked about uh, PFAs and rage that bubbles up in men in our society's propensity and interest in uh, some limited violence. So we would invite uh, calls or emails that relate to that. Yesterday we had a vibrant discussion about the Wenger's outlet store near Mifflinburg that had the uh, sign indicating uh, that uh, it is a sin, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer lifestyle is a sin and transmits diseases and sickness. That's an interpretation, but not necessarily what the store owner had in mind. Uh, but the sign is still there, so uh, there is a parade scheduled in two weeks, and a lot of people calling for unity out there, which I'm always very glad to see that. So we did talk about that yesterday. Of course, President Trump, Joe Biden... <laughs> <laughs> Our great candidates for president, uh, they are always worthy of conversation as well. So feel free to give us a call, uh, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Uh, we would just love to hear from you today. Some very brief news headlines. Snyder County DA said overnight there will be no charges against Troy Sprankle of Sunbury, whose state police say shot, accused, double murder Christopher Fernandez Friday night outside a restaurant in Hummel's Wharf. And the DA said, quote, Troy Sprankle would not be charged for shooting Christopher Fernandez. Frankel was legally armed and under the circumstances he was legally justified in using deadly force. I am thankful he was able to pervert further, or able to prevent further bloodshed. I am grateful for the courage of other bystanders who quickly stepped forward to render assistance to the victims. Our deepest condolences remain with the family and friends of Heather Campbell and Matt Bowersox. An arraignment for Fernandez is set for today. A tenth COVID-19 death has been confirmed in North Northumberland County, while the Valley has 13 new cases and its daily update Tuesday. State Department of Health confirmed five new cases in Northumberland County along with a tenth death that brings the county's overall case total to 351. Northumberland County residents have contracted coronavirus uh, during the entire pandemic. Only a few have it now. As for the rest of the Valley, five new cases have been confirmed in Union County. Snyder County had two more cases of coronavirus. The Heritage Festival Festival in Danville this year will be held online and on shore. 
the best way to stay in touch with everything is through the Facebook page for the Danville Heritage Festival. So it's easy to find. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, you just Google Danville Heritage Festival Facebook, and it's the first link that comes up. The inimitable voice of Van Wagner, educator and heritage festival coordinator, says because of the pandemic, they couldn't do in-person activities, but it will all be online. You can monitor it on Facebook starting today. The Republican-controlled state legislature is mounting another effort to strip some of the emergency disaster powers from Governor Tom Wolf in the latest partisan fight over the pandemic. The House of Representatives Tuesday passed two bills, largely along partisan lines, to allow counties to shed Governor Wolf's existing regulations and give powers to counties to determine which businesses must close or stay open. Governor Wolf says he will veto both. The chamber also passed a measure to amend the state constitution. We'll talk about that Friday. State House member David Rowe going to be contacting On the Mark this Friday at 8.30 a.m. He'll talk about that idea of a referendum that you may see on the ballot next May. Not this fall, but next May. And the governor signed the police bills. The first bills passed by the legislature related to police reform were signed yesterday in a news conference. The governor says that both bills make important steps to make society more fair. The or would it be fairer? The two bills passed by the House and Senate unanimously passed last month. They are designed to prevent problematic officers from continuing to find employment in police departments, provide officers with more cultural sensitivity training, and provide officers with more mental health screening. Finally, California's school. Oh, you'll hate this, Joe. A name change. Oh, no. Here we go. The most vexing issues on the show for you are removal of statues, name changes to, you know, of, uh, well, potentially insensitive names. And what what's the third thing? Taking down statues. Oh, those, those, those are Changing the, our history, basically. Oh, good. oh, yeah, covering up history. All right. California's Squaw Valley. Oh, it was inevitable. <laughs> okay. Ski resort is considering changing its name to remove the word squaw, a derogatory term for Native American women. Squaw Valley President CEO Ron Cohen says resort officials are meeting with shareholders and local Washoe tribal leadership to get their input. He also said he can't give a timeline on when a decision will be made. The possible renaming is one of many efforts across the nation to address colonialism and indigenous oppression. Washoe Tribe Chairman Sorrell Smokey says that the name Squaw Valley is a constant reminder of efforts to disparage Native people. There'll be a lot of address changes when they change Squaw Valley in Columbus, Ohio. Well, that's the price you pay for uh, growing up. There's a, it's a lot of... No, that's the price you pay for stupidity. Oh, is it? Okay, <laughs> so we should keep the derogatory name Squaw in the Valley, even though it's a, a reference. Why was it named that way in the first place? What's the context? Was it? Did someone say, there are a lot of Native American women living down here. We need to come up with a derogatory name for this valley that reflects that. It's a derogatory name for women who well, why, are why'd they call it native that? or indigenous. But tell me why they called it Squaw Valley. Oh, I, you, Did they set out, was that their, that was that their intent to start out to insult Native American women? We don't know, but let's, support, let's suppose they started out with the greatest of intent to honor Native American women, but the Native Americans say, well, guess what? It's offensive. We don't call our women that. That's, that's a misnomer. That's a white thing. I've seen a lot of cowboy and Indian, Indian movies where they refer to the women as squaws. <laughs> Would you say most of the cowboy and Indian movies are made by whites or by Native Americans? Well, I think they're made by whites. Okay, so... 
Uh, I don't know. I never knew that squaw was a, a, noted. I never knew that squaw was an offensive term for a, a female Native American. I just assumed it was one of their words, like wampum. I don't know what wampum means. I just assumed mm-hmm. squaw meant woman. In Spanish, woman is mujer. That sounds offensive to me, mujer. Well, and now, now some idiot who runs the L.A. Times has come out with a proposal to dis- discard the national anthem, what? the Star Spangled Banner. Right? They, the editorial says it's time to cancel the Star Spangled Banner, and guess what? They want the editorialist wants to replace it with, "Lean on me." Bill Withers. Okay. I think we should make Juneteenth and Bill Withers' birthday national holidays. Okay. (laughs) I mean, this is... So what's wrong with the national anthem? Well, the stuff is getting ridiculous. It's very difficult to sing, I can tell you that. So I can tell you singers, although Sarah Lauver, our reporter... Nails it yeah, every she, time she, she makes a career it. out of singing. Well, that I get chills venues. when she sings. It. Well, She's she does a great job. Inspirational. Yeah, I mean, today Francis Scott Key is no longer in Golden State Park or Golden Gate Park. On June 20th, protesters lassoed the state statue with ropes, heaved and hoed, and down came Francis Scott Key, somersaulting off the podium, head over heels. Key was a slave owner, so that that does it. He wrote that the, counts wrote the poetry. Him. The uh, music is an old British drinking song. I think it's to Athenian in heaven or something like that. I don't remember the exact... I know it's somebody in heaven to somebody in heaven. It's an old British drinking song. Well, at the time, did we have American music? We did. Okay. But now we can't have Stephen Foster anymore because he wrote offensive songs to many people. You know, this is this is just to say that the, the culture of the United States is what it is. I think we learn from the good parts. We learn from the bad parts. We acknowledge their good parts. We acknowledge their bad parts. We accept them. We educate people about them. What's good about America? What's bad about America? What we could do better? What we have done worse? But we don't just change the name of everything and tear down the statues and erase the history books because it's not politically correct anymore. Why did they tear down the statue? Not because he was a slaveholder. Well, that, that's all they were doing with all the other statues. I mean, they tore down Christopher Columbus's statue. Why? Well, there'd be no founding fathers left at all. <laughs> I know. Let's lynch them all. Um, okay. What else is wrong with the Star Spangled Banner? Well, uh, uh, the fact that it, it talks about a battle. They say that the it, we need something more <laughs> peaceful. War. We need something more peaceful and inclusive. And then the fact that it's hard to sing. That's one of the others. Even Frank Sinatra said, if well. you ask... <laughs> it's hard to sing. Right. Yeah, I was called upon. People think, you know, I can sing like three or four songs in church. And so people asked me one time to sing the Star Spangled Better. So I started practicing it. That was the end of that. Yeah, so, it is not the easiest so. song to do. And that's why I'm just constantly amazed at how well Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Lover sings it. Because it is a tough song. And I think if you hear her sing it, you appreciate the time and effort she must have put into mastering well, that song. Well, she's got the gold standard for this. Her and Whitney Houston. Right. But anyway, is there any Well, and Jose Feliciano did a pretty good job back in the 70s. It was actually a hit. <laughs> Stipulated. Do you anyway. remember that? Jose Feliciano had a hit with the Star Spangled Banner. He did. Y- yes, It was I on remember. the top four. Well, he wasn't the only person who had a hit with that song. Of course, Whitney Houston Whitney did Houston, also. Whitney right. And, uh, and maybe we should get rid of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. That sounds... 
nasty. So that's the only <laughs> thing about the national anthem that is harkens back to something that. Here's is, what their editorial says. It says okay. the Star Spangled Banner had been a fixture of American life for more than a century prior to May 4th, 1931, when President Herbert Hoover signed a bill establishing the song as the national anthem. The tradition of playing the song prior to sporting events dates to World War II. After the war, NFL Commissioner Elmer Layden formalized the practice, declaring the playing of the national anthem should be as much a part of every game as the kickoff. This custom has, of course, become a flashpoint in the culture wars in recent years. Since the 2016 NFL preseason, when San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the playing of the song, Kaepernick pointed out that he was making a statement about racial injustice, not protesting the Star Spangled Banner itself. And now we have this revisionism floating all over the country where we need to change everything. Uh, it's, they call it a wave of reckoning and revisionism that is sweeping the country. May have come, it may have come time for the national anthem. In the days that followed the toppling of the Golden Gate Park statue, viral posts on social media decried the Star Spangled Banner as a racist song. Major League Soccer announced that the anthem would not be played before games when its season resumed in July following the coronavirus lockdown. A high school junior in New York City made news by refusing to record the song for her school's socially distanced virtual graduation. And a petition posted on Change.org advocated dropping the song as the national anthem pointing to elitist, sexist, and racist verses in Key's poem, oh. Defense of Fort McHenry. All right, now that's the first I'm hearing about them. We'll have to look at them later. We got emails and everything else. Racist. One of our good listeners, who's a fabulous singer and can sing the national anthem, says, Mark, I'll work with you to sing the national anthem, LOL. I said, thanks, but you have no idea what you're saying there. So Between the two of us, I we couldn't carry that. a tune in a bucket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can sing songs if I practice them for decades. Uh, let's We'll go to the phones. Since okay. we're on the anthem, all the calls, we have emails and uh, texts pending, but they don't relate to the anthem, so we'll stick with the anthem for the moment, which uh, puts Carl back on the radio. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to give a call this morning. I guess you would say I want to make a statement that I am a very proud white male. I am a Christian. I am a Boy Scout. I'm a shikalimi brave, and I will stand for the anthem, and I will kneel to pray. And I think more people that identify with me need to stand up and speak out. We have to stop being the silent majority and stand up for what we feel is right and uh, show that, yeah, we, we might be the silent majority, but we cannot be the silent majority anymore. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of what you are. I don't have any problem with gay pride parades. I don't have any problem with black pride parades. But then if if you're proud of your race and you happen to be white, I don't think you should be called a racist. Exactly. Exactly. I have, I have gay friends. I have black friends. Uh, I support, you know, everybody to be who they want to be. But I'm getting so tired just because I am a, a white male that people think I'm racist because I'm a Christian. And, you know, it, it's just it's, it's getting to the point where people are afraid to stand up for who they are and what they are if they're not one of those that you just mentioned. And that's wrong. That, that's as racist. We're, we're, that's as racist as people that condemn 
other people. Well, people don't like to be called racist, but that word is thrown around so much today, and it's usually just a matter of disagreement. I disagree with your position on X, therefore I consider you to be a racist. Exactly. Exactly. And it really has diluted the word when it comes right down to it. It doesn't really mean a lot anymore because, if you know, they're saying every everybody that is white is a racist. Well, that's not true. I, I think actually in our area... You experience very little racism. Uh, you know, I'm sure in the cities there's more of it. But around here, you know, I, I don't see it. <laughs> well, wherever it exists, it's wrong. You know, as this a is a country, Mark, Mark, this, Mark, Mark is chuckling. Mark is chuckling, as Mark, Mark does a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do, and people hate that. It is very irritating, this, this snickering that I well, do in the background. I, instead <laughs> of what I would say, Mark, instead of snickering, say what you're actually thinking. Uh, I, it's the radio. You're a talk radio host. Say what I, you're thinking. I know, <laughs> but I am speech. You might not like what he's thinking because he disagrees uh, no. with you. No, I, That's I'm, okay. That's I, okay. I, I have an understanding of this that's considerably different than yours, and I, I'm just trying to figure out how I, I want to endorse what you said, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I, I leave our audience knowing that there's an alternative view, you know, for me to, stay, to sit here and say, you know, I, I can say that I have the same attributes that you do and and am proud of them, too. There, how can there be yeah. an alternative view to say that I am proud of who I am, you should be proud of who you are, I'm not going to condemn you for being proud of who you are, so why are you condemning me for being proud of who I am? I guess maybe an alternative view is not precisely the right word. I think there's a lot more to know about race and understanding and uh, sort of the white supremacy uh, globe that we live in it, it doesn't really have anything to do with your the, you know your the good attributes that you listed that have everything to do with you and your uh, your your good you know your diverse groups of friends that you have and that you know people of all people of color and that it doesn't really in in some ways race our broad national discussion right now doesn't have anything to do with that it has more to do with um, people who have been oppressed and haven't had opportunities and don't have uh, can't stand up and say you know there's no way that I could drive you know without fear or that uh, women who just said on the radio this morning that uh, I get up in the morning and I know that my blackness is going to lead to some discomfort today you know you could never wake up and say that well the fact that I'm uh, you know or I'll, I'll switch it around to me I can't wake up this morning and say well the fact that I'm one percent overweight is going to be a big factor and that somebody's going to call me out for being fat. But she says, as I go through my day today, I'm going to wonder that that one individual that was rude to me, was that just because that individual happens to be rude to people or is it because I'm black? You know, you and I don't have that. So I just, there absolutely, everything you know is true and I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have a refuting of what you say, but I think there's a, if you're going to talk about race and the fact that we live in a white globe, I think there's a lot more that we can know and say and learn. May I ask you a question? And that's what I'm trying to Does do. Does everybody you ever met like you? <laughs> Pretty much. Everybody you ever met, they just say Mark Absolutely. Lawrence is a fine guy. Absolutely. Whether you, whether you like it or not, some people inevitably are not going to like you. That doesn't make them right or wrong, or it doesn't make you them racist because they dislike you or you racist. 
as the reason they dislike you. It's just human nature. Some people you like, some people you don't like. Okay, but but if we, you make it okay. a point, here's my point, if you make it a point to treat people the way you would like to be treated, it's that simple. And and to put aside your prejudices, I hold the door open for somebody you see coming, whether it's a man, woman, black, white, you know, just be a nice person. And if you could do that, I think this would be a much better country without the name calling and without the disagreements. But I think if you dig into what some of these protests are all about at the very heart of the matter or the Black Lives Movement in general, it isn't about people who, for whatever reason, chemistry or some irritation, don't like you. This has everything to do with uh, systems, uh, lacks of opportunities, lacks of medical care, lacks of education, uh, opportunities that just don't exist for people of color like they do for So whites. there's a lack of education around here, opportunities for people of color? It isn't a lack of education. You I just, just said it was. I just think that there's a lot more we can know. It's like if you if you walk by a library, you don't know everything that's in every book that's in there. So are you ignorant because you don't know every fact that's in every book? No. But suffice to say, if you walk by a library, there's a lot of things that you can learn about and talk about and, and discuss and Anybody read discriminated and against learn. in the libraries around here? Carl gets the last <laughs> word, and then we take a break. Go ahead, Carl. Well, I, what See what you started, Carl. On there is why. Why does everybody think everything has to be perfect for them? You know, going back to your weight thing, I'm probably 50 pounds overweight. You know, <laughs> people people in my circle will make fun of me. It's, so what? You know, people I think really have to get a little thicker skin out there. Life is not perfect. We all have the same opportunity. You know, we grew up in Sunbury, poor kids. You know, and we've succeeded. Uh, I, I think if people just kind of bent down and pulled up the bootstraps and tried to do it on their own instead of waiting for a handout or waiting for the government to step in and help you, we'd all be better off. All right. Well said. Thank you so much, Carl. Nice, really, Carl. Really appreciate, appreciate your call. The call. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Got two callers waiting and uh, no pending emails that relate to race. Thank you for sending the three emails that relate to wankers, and we'll read them as uh, TikTok happens. But for now, we're going to stick to Actually, we were talking about race. the national anthem is where we were. All right. And one of our listeners, uh, we got calls about protests. you asked the, the reason why it was being opposed, and they said because it was racist. All right. So I think we should focus on why the national anthem is racist. All right. Joe has the printed material in front of them, and I'll read that out loud when we come back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. One of our good listeners sends us a text that says, A white person cannot make a statement here about racism. They cannot know. 
All right, 1-800-795-9565. Oh, back on the squall. Go ahead and read that real quick. Okay. Put that to rest. Uh, Our good friend Larry G., who listens down in Texas, says, The name Squaw Valley came from early settlers who came upon a group of Native American women working in a meadow. I wondered if that was the case. Uh, The word squaw is considered offensive and not used by Native Americans or First Nations peoples. But it was used extensively by us and television and cowboy movies. <laughs> oh, well, and, then it's okay. Well, no, but I, I think it, maybe it's ignorance. Um, why is it, why is it a derogatory? Well, uh, let me finish. Why is it a derogatory term? What is the correct Native American name for woman? If it's not squaw, what is it? Uh, I, even if Do you that, know? Uh, no, I don't know what the exact <laughs> word is, but when a person tells you that one of the names that you're using about their culture or their lives or their women is derogatory, I I think we should believe them. Well, I've had people, they said, um, I've said, I'm Irish. Oh, you're a Mick. Mm-hmm. And like that, should that be offensive to me? Is that bad? Uh, I think it's, it's radio intended to be derogatory, worthy. right? Um, but I mean, I, I don't, don't take it that way. I agree with our caller. We need to get a thicker skin around here. Well, there's, there's certainly attributes to being Irish, so a Mick could make reference to those. I mean, you're better. You can drink people under the table. Which right. See, you, now there you go with stereotypes. You don't do right. <laughs> you don't do. Uh, yeah, and others we, could. We fight and we drink and we're crooked. Um, <laughs> what else? Is there anything? What, what what's what's the most positive attribute for an Irishman? Um, well, we have leprechauns and we no, have pots no, of gold real, at the end of the ring. I think that our charm, our Gaelic charm, as they always say, well, which tough is as another nails. That's good. Which right? is another another um, your Gaelic uh, <laughs> charm, <laughs> Joe. You lack Gaelic charm. I will. Do say I really? That. Oh, gee, I'm you so certainly sorry. are a good friend, but <laughs> Gaelic charm. I don't know. None of that. All right, we've asked for and received telephone calls. Three calls waiting. Uh, no texts or emails related to race. Oh no, there's an Indian Towns text, so we'll read that in a moment. Okay. Uh, well, we have all of our calls are on the national anthem, so all right, which is where we start. Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Oh, you're welcome. I've been on a, a news hiatus lately, and uh, just for you. playing a, a little bit of a cursory, you know, review of the news, you know, throughout the day. And I just wanted to make three real, three, three or four real quick points about my feelings about the news. I, I believe that the uh, race for president is actually getting close. Okay, yeah. regardless of you know what they're saying on the on the media, we know that it's a race between the you know the candidates in the electoral college, and I think that the swing states are starting to get closer. And then uh, secondly, I think that it's really going to come down. Uh, now there could be something that blows up that changes how this race is going to turn out, but I think it's going to come down who the voters think are going to be better on uh, handling the virus and the economy. Okay. But the, the, main, the main point that I want to make is I, I believe now, I've lost faith in the news. I believe that the news is in the business of marketing fear and divisiveness, okay? They're trying to scare people, and they're trying to divide people. And I believe the, the purpose for that is because that previous point I made, it has to do with the presidential race being based on the, uh, who, who's going to better handle the virus and the economy. And they want to convince people that Trump is not going to do either one of those things very well, and Biden's the guy. And finally, if we just elect Biden, all of this crazy news, all of this fear-mongering, all this divisiveness will end. Okay, <laughs> so there's, they're trying to make a deal with us. You just put Biden in there, and this will all get better. 
<laughs> yeah, you can go on a news hiatus. Except Biden won't come out of his basement and actually take any questions. He walks into an empty auditorium, takes off his mask, reads a statement, and leaves without taking any journalist questions. And whether you like Donald Trump or not, every day he's out there answering questions from the media. You know, so I think Biden is think somewhat they, of a coward at this point. They know he'll melt down if he gets a tough question. You know, Joe, what you just said, if the tables were reversed, the media would be reporting, if Trump was the guy hiding in the basement, Trump would be called an abomination. Yeah. They would be ridiculing him for that. They would be saying, he's afraid to come out. Why is he hiding? You know, remember the one time uh, during the one uh, riot where evidently they said he was hiding in the basement of the White House or right, the bunker? The situation room, yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, uh, Joe, we're on the same page. And to me, it's so obvious what the media is trying to do. And I'll, I'll just end with this. Okay, so let's talk about the surge now, this uh, surge in the virus, okay? Okay, that's the headline. And I'm telling you what, it is scaring the you-know-what out of people, okay? I mean, you look at the economic numbers of what money's being spent in these areas where the, uh, uh, the, the surge is being reported. It's, it's tailing off dramatically. But the reality is we're not having an increase in deaths. The, the report that the uh, emergency rooms, or not the emergency rooms, the ICUs are overwhelmed. None of that is true. There, 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 there is more people in the ICUs because we're starting to get the elective surgery coming back and the things that were postponed, plus uh, uh, cases that are developing that they didn't have the treatment they wanted because of the virus. But we're not having the increase in deaths that we're seeing with the increase in, in the virus cases because mainly it's among the younger people. And still the medium age for the uh, people that are dying is 75 and above. So to me, the news is designed to scare people. And the last thing I want to say, there's a bunch of people in this world that are against Donald Trump. Number one, well, we our, have to we have to stop enemies. you there. You're off into another. Two, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have to stop you there. We got callers standing by. So, all right. Thank you Thanks, so much Mike. for the appreciate call. Really, call. really appreciate it. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones, the Washington nickname for football today, 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, we got a lot to do in a short amount of time. Uh, let's go right to the phone. Okay. Uh, Demos, thank you so much for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning, Mark. Hey, buddy. I'd like to come and to join me outside for the Daily Arabs. Oh, okay. What are you protesting today? I about the corruption in the Sunbury, the sugar berries, you know, everything here destroying the Sunbury. 
And the thing is, I hear the, uh, one guy say about uh, making the slogan about the President Trump again to stop tweeting. Why not call the, the New York mayor to stop uh, smoking marijuana and prepare for the disaster? The ancient Greeks say that it's better to be, to be prepared from the cure. To prepare that thing, that disaster, nothing. And now they blame the Trump for that. That's shame, man. What, what does the Daily Item have to do with that? Just out of curiosity, the mayor of New no, York. No. no, the Daily Item got to do about the 370 Market Street, the community college. The funds was ready on uh, 2012, and uh, Senator Casey stopped it. Why? I hear the news, he visited the elementary school and cared about the kids. If he cared about the kids, supposed to care about the education. Okay. Well, you, I don't know how many people well, you'll get out there in front of the well, paper today. Well, to me here, because if we're afraid to, to speak now, look what happened my NATO country, Greece. They destroy the socialists, they destroy. They blame the Trump. He make a... Collusion with the Russians. And the Democrats are communists, man. They try to bring communism in here. Okay. <laughs> Not certain I follow all that, but, you did know, you, good luck with your protest. Did you go to city council this come, week? You going to come to join me? Uh, I think I'll pass, but Mark might. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Demos. Appreci good luck. Appreciate the Thank call. Thank you very much. Yeah, good yeah. luck. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, that puts Chris on the mark. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Yeah, the, it's the third verse in the anthem that causes some problems. Well, there's something, I think, uh, some other places, too. But uh, no refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. Now, the English had colonial marines fighting for them, which were black escaped slaves that were fighting for their freedom. And this was, that line was basically that uh, we're going to hunt them down and kill them. Okay. And uh, as a prosecutor in uh, D.C., he sought the death penalty for a man who possessed abolitionist literature. He believed that uh, anyone who was considering abolishing slavery was willing to associate and amalgamate with the Negro, and that to him that justified execution. But how many people sing the second, third, or fourth verses of the Star Spangled Banner? Nobody. They sing the first verse. And that's the but one that's the national why anthem. Why the why the national anthem? Well, uh, I, I understand. I understand. No, I understand what you're saying. You. I'm understand what you're saying, but that's not what we sing. We don't sing those verses. Let's eliminate okay, well, rather than get rid of the national. Rather than get rid of the national anthem. Sing them. Would you be upset? Rather than get rid of the national anthem, let's just say there's only one verse to it that is our national anthem, and it's the first verse. Well, maybe you should, uh, was that in Hoover's declaration? 
No, but we can change it. Under God, under God wasn't either. under God wasn't in the original Pledge of Allegiance, but we changed that, so we can change yeah, this. Yeah, that was a mis- major mistake. No, that was one of the best things they ever did. Uh, why? So because can, this uh, is a country under you, God. You can uh, make uh, people who don't believe in God uncomfortable. That really <laughs> reunites us, doesn't it? Well, uh, the exact opposite for those people want, who do don't believe you want in God. National anthem to unite you. Yeah, that's right. Well, let, let's use "Lean on Me." That's a great idea, and we'll make uh, Bill how Withers. About this land is your land. This land is my land. Oh, what it belongs to the Native Americans. We stole it from them, Chris. What are you talking about? We can't use that. This land. Why well, they're Americans land. now, aren't they? I stole it. Well, they square. live on reservations. They don't live on the land that they lived on when we came here. With special treaty lights, and they own the eastern third of Oklahoma now, apparently. So yeah. you're saying they should be grateful for what we've done for them? Okay. Oh yeah, grateful. We should be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> then blacks should be grateful we got them out of Africa. Yes, grateful, grateful. Well, we did get them out of slavery, thank God. Yep. Yep. A little late, a, a little move. late, but we did it. But Sorry. then we uh, didn't follow through, and we allowed uh, we allowed lynchings in uh, the South to regain control of blacks through uh, state laws. It was those Democrats down there that did it. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, that's not ironic. <laughs> well, things change. Not particularly. Political parties change a lot over the years. And of course, we all know when the when the, when it changed. Well, when the Democrats uh, and the Republicans combined to uh, pass civil rights acts that ended it, and then the, that made the racists in the South desert the Democratic Party, and they have since taken over the Republican Party. Well, the know nothings and the mugwumps have remained steadfast to their principles. <laughs> Thanks, and Chris. <laughs> about the, the call, the last call, the, the call about the, the corona uh, death. Are you still there? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, death is a lagging indicator. That means it doesn't come on until a couple of weeks after the cases take off. And now we also have a lot more experience, so you'd expect the death rate to come down as a percentage sum because of the... Uh, it's, we're not quite as uh, ignorant of what's, what's going on or, uh, and have better ways of treating certain things. So that'll help, too, which is good. Okay. We have two other calls we got to get to. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate your okay. call. Bye. Take care, buddy. Right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We have one open line. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got a lot to do again in a short amount of time. Lines are full. Emails and text bins are, are bulging. Joe, upper right-hand corner. Right. Uh, one of our texter or emailers in a rather lengthy email, but the, the main point is if the Europeans thought the word squaw was meant uh, was the word for woman, they made a mistake. It's just a suffix, like the English suffix ESS in princess or seamstress. All right, so that that may be where the word came from. Right, okay. Uh, let's see, next up is Dale, right? Yeah, Dale. Go ahead, sir, you're on the mark. We're talking about Squaw Valley and the National Anthem and Francis Scott Key. What's your view on that? I don't believe in Santa Claus. But uh, the most what? serious thing here, as Joe, is... Uh, Chinese chief executive of their media or something asked if the United States was mentally retarded. I mean, I want, I want to know his response because is he talking about the leadership or is he talking about the people or both? What are you talking about? Yeah, Let's start there. We're talking about Francis Scott Key, Key and the, the national anthem and right. uh, our nation's what? growth into a more respectful nation. Okay, well, I mean, ha- <clears throat> I mean, our intelligence agency and all like that are just letting, is Trump running everything? Even the Treasury, where the Treasury had to explain why around the whole country that chain shortages is everywhere. I mean, <clears throat> Mnuchin ain't being bad. The leash needs to be tightened up on uh, Mnuchin and intelligence agency because apparently <clears throat> Trump you, is running everything. Okay. Trump is running everything. You actually listen to the program, Dale. Um, we've been on different topics. I'm not certain how this relates to our discussion this morning. And Trump's uh, yeah, President Trump's uh, uh, powers are pretty clearly delineated in terms of the Treasury and defense and every other thing. So. Right, but he's not advocating changing the national anthem. <laughs> All right, that puts Van on the radio. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Hanging in there. How about you? I'm perfect. Enjoying a nice day. I know, uh, you know, we miss it. Yeah, well, you'll you'll be out soon, I guess. At least Joe will. Anyway, you know, with what's going on in America, like with the statues being torn down and, and the changing names of, of things, what's that honestly doing? That's, it's not doing anything in my eyes. You know, but what I see coming, and you guys ought to check this out. I, you know, I told you to check out some other things in the past. I don't know if you do, but... Hopefully some people take the time to check this out. The World Economic Forum is pushing for what they're calling the Great Reset. And in January 2021, they're going to have their meeting. And you can go online, you can listen to different people that are involved in, in this. The agenda they're pushing, and Mark, you'll like this, it's a very progressive liberal agenda. And what they're hoping for is the collapse of America so they can go ahead and institute a, a global government that will be over people. I have heard that. So, that's well, a pretty that's a pretty widely discussed. I wouldn't even say that's obscure, and people would have to bone up on it. It's pretty widely uh, talked about. Well, and, and are you for that? No, don't be silly. Come on. So anybody who opposes you automatically wants to end America. So if we want no, to progress or do no, anything no, that that is good. We want to end America. See, you're you're just going off the other end. What I'm seeing is I'm I'm seeing that there is a movement that's pitting people one against the other, and it's just people want to continually throw fuel on the fire. And I I sense that you're kind of that way too. Now we're we're seeing America falling to pieces, and people calling for products names to be changed. Like that's going to change anything. That isn't going to change a thing. 
And when when you when you call President Trump a racist, that's just an outright lie. So I don't understand. You know, and you there you can you have your again? opinion. Yeah, there you go again. But, anyway, go ahead. You know, honest, honestly, do you honestly believe President Trump is a racist? I, I can't say that I know in his heart what he thinks about various minorities and so on, or anybody else. We just know what his actions are. You know, his actions speak well, to somebody that is I not think, accepting of people I who are different his, than him. I think with his prison reform, he's done a lot to help the blacks. You know, there's there's a lot of black people that that were benefited by that, and they they praised President Trump for it, and they don't. Van, Van, I I don't disagree with that either. That was the right thing to do. And the president's up to 13 things over the course of the three years so far that he's done that were spot on correct. That would be one of them. And he's still, and number two on my list, number two on my list, he's missed two opportunities to use the military around the world and declined to do so. So I just think he's doing a good job for those dozen reasons, plus one. Well, I'm, I'm glad he's not a warmonger either, you know, and, and I'm glad that he's a nationalist. And I think we ought to, you know, get behind him. You know, this election coming up, if if Joe Biden's going to be the leader of this country, we're in trouble. Of course, everyone knows he's not going to be the one. Right. But it's, it, well, if he come out of his basement and answer, <laughs> if he come out of his basement and answer questions from reporters the way the president does, we need to get a feel for what he believes. Apparently, one of the best descriptions I heard of Joe Biden was he's an empty vessel into which the far left <laughs> is pouring everything it can. Well, Van, I think at this time next year you'll be happy. Let's just leave it at that. So, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Well, I mean about I, the president anyway. Back. All right, we'll give all you right. the last word. Go ahead, Van. No, that's just all I had to say. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Always a thoughtful call. We appreciate that. And our friend Tom says, when I listen to Mike, it's always a tough decision. Do I want to laugh or cry? Today I chose to laugh. In the words of Ronald Reagan, there he goes again. What total nonsense. I don't believe what total nonsense was from Ronald Reagan. There he goes again was, however. Uh, One of our uh, emailers or texters says, Many towns in Pennsylvania are the original Indian names. It is a tribute, even though many whites were savaged by Indians. Shimoka, Nanakoke, Wapwallopin, Paxinos. Shigalimi. Shigalimi, right. Uh, A lot of those names. Whites were savaged by Indians, but you could argue that the Indians were fighting back. Well, you know, plus the fact it it was a very fluid situation. I'll take one of my favorite Native Americans, Shingus, who was active around this area during the French and Indian War. He fought with the British. He fought with against them. He fought with the uh, Col- Col- Continental Army, and he fought against it. And in the end, he wound up living in peace and quiet after he had savagely butchered quite a few <laughs> settlers along the way. But, you know, it, w- today's enemy was tomorrow's friend, and tomorrow's friend was tomorrow's the next day's enemy. That's just the way it was. Another listener says, good morning. We have a community college in Sunbury and in Shemokin. Yes, Shemokin has Luzerne County Community College. It's a branch campus, not a community college. And Sunbury has Lackawanna College Center, which is not a community college. It is a branch campus. So uh, we appreciate that, but we want to make that clear to folks. But thanks for the text. So what's the difference? I'll tell you tomorrow. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show. I'm glad to say, and you're probably too, it's 10 o'clock.